Hi there, I'm Jade. Before we get to this week's episode of Between Two Mics, I want to tell you about another show I think you're going to love, and it's recorded on Squadcast. I'm the host of Students of Mind, a mental health podcast aimed at normalizing conversations around mental health. The show covers different mental health-related topics through interviews and discussions with mental health experts, professionals, and healers, as well as individuals like myself who have the lived experience of living, surviving, and even thriving with a mental illness. You can find it on all major podcast streaming platforms or on our website, www.studentsofmind.com. Now, let's get into Between Two Mics. Welcome to Between Two Mics, the podcast that brings you remote recording resources from Squadcast.fm. I'm Rock Felder, co-founder and CFO of Squadcast. And I'm Zach Moreno, co-founder and CEO. On Between Two Mics, we bring you interviews with podcasters, experts in the field of remote recording. We discuss current events in podcasting and so much more. Twice a month, you'll hear a Founders episode. That's just the two of us chatting about all things remote recording, updates to Squadcast, what we're up to, and what we're listening to. The other two weeks of the month, we'll bring you interview episodes. Zach and I will sit down with experts in the podcast space to discuss their companies, their podcasts, their thoughts on podcasting, creating content, and more. The most exciting part? We're recording all of this on Squadcast, the best place to record remote audio and video interviews in studio quality. So let's get between two mics. Today, we're excited to speak with Sarah St. John, aka The Frugalpreneur. She's an entrepreneur, podcaster, author, and traveler. And you'll hear in our conversation that Sarah is a risk taker. She's not afraid to experiment in business or in content production. But before we jump into the interview, we wanted to share a few reminders about our community. First, we hope that you're really enjoying our recent software update. V4 is live as of June, and we're super excited by all of the positive feedback y'all have been sharing. Please let us know what you think. We're all over social media at Squadcast.fm. And second, we want to hear your Squadcast stories. We want to see your squad shots. Please head to Squadcast.fm slash share. That's our new submission page. You can upload an audio clip from a session, a picture of your most recent interview, a testimonial video, anything, and we'll share it far and wide across the potosphere. Again, that's squadcast.fm slash share. We can't wait to amplify you. Okay, let's get to our chat with Sarah St. John. I'm curious about your story. What ultimately led you to being focused on and becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I started my entrepreneurial journey back in 08. I had had six different jobs that year, uh, not at the same time, but throughout the course of the year and realized I didn't really want to work for other people. I wanted to work for myself. And so I started a photography business, but I realized that while I like taking photos of animals, architecture and landscapes, I don't like taking photos of people, but that's where the money is. I was doing um, weddings and portraits. 
But the bigger issue was the expense to maintain and upkeep with equipment and all of that. So I decided to switch to an online business model, but wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I tried a bunch of different things like drop shipping, affiliate marketing, blogging. And it was during that process that I discovered all these free or affordable tools, resources, software that you could use to run an online business on a budget. So then I got the idea to write a book called Frugalpreneur that kind of goes over the different types of online business models and how to run them on a budget. And then while I was writing the book, I decided to launch a podcast also called Frugalpreneur to coincide with the book, to be extra marketing, but it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. It was going to be like 10 episodes. Well, I got more leverage and traction with the podcast than the book. So, and I love the connections I was making with the podcast. So I just kept that going and have been doing that for a couple of years now. I've always produced my own show and people would compliment me on it and say that I did a good job. And so I was like, well, hmm, people are telling me I'm good at it. I enjoy doing it. So when I get paid to do it. So I started a podcast production agency and wrote a book on podcasting and now I'm working on a course. So I'm kind of all in on podcasting now, but it took over a decade of trying this, that and the other thing to pretty much accidentally get into podcasting because it wasn't really, you know, something I thought that I was going to be doing long term. That's a fascinating story. It's like you iterated your way to finding your icky guy. Have you heard that concept? It's like, uh, do what you love, what the world needs and something that you can get paid at. You find all of those. Uh, and that's yeah. like the thing that's, it seems like you found that. So that's really exciting and awesome. What was that aha moment that led to you honing in on the podcast? How, how did you know that that was working and decided to go more all in on it? Well, I mean, I guess, first of all, it was just the connections I was making. I was able to talk to and interview people, like, actually, just the other week, I interviewed Pat Flynn. He's probably the biggest name that I've interviewed, but I've interviewed other people that, you know, people would probably maybe recognize their name. And it was just interesting because it's like, it almost felt like a one-on-one -on -one consultation. Like, I was learning from these people. I mean, if you were to call these people up, well, you wouldn't even get a hold of them. But I mean, and you were to like ask for an hour of their time, you'd get one of three responses. You'd either no one will respond or they'll respond with no or they'll respond with, yeah, it'll cost you X amount of dollars. But when you say you have a podcast, do you want to come on my podcast? you get yeses like way more often and easy. And so just the networking connections. But then I started to discover like ways to monetize it and how you could actually turn it into a business or have like a business as a back end. You know, like the, the podcast is kind of the front end of the funnel, if you want to use that word, but, you know, an extra marketing avenue. And then plus with guesting as well, then you're leveraging the other person's audience and getting... And, and their listeners are already listening to a podcast, so they're likely, if they like what you're saying, to subscribe to your show or check it out. And I feel like it snowballs and relatively quickly versus anything else I've ever done. And I wasn't expecting that. And so when I saw results like that relatively quickly, I was like, OK, well, and I enjoyed it, too. I was like, well, this is I think this is what I'm going to go with. <laughs> 
that's really great. You found what works for you and and also additional value, right? I think people think about the audience as the thing that you can grow and the metric to focus on. But part of the value proposition of podcasting is networking and growing from those relationships. Like it is a lot of value to be offering somebody to have them on as a guest on your show, especially if like you, your, your show is doing fantastic. That's even more more of a value proposition. And also your focus on helping people grow their businesses on a tight budget. It sounds like that was part of the journey all along or, or, you know, your brand certainly communicates that you have that up front. That's something that maybe, you know, was that was that always part of the focus for you or when did that become part of your strategy? Yeah, it's kind of interesting how things lined up because it was like when I went into the online business model and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, I learned a lot. Part of me feels like I waste a lot of time trying this. That I heard again. that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you learned from it. I mean, but that's I, why it's not all lost, right? Right. Yeah. That's, so that's the half, half full version. <laughs> that's how I have to look at it. Yeah. Because of what I learned, then I wrote the book. Well, then the book led to the podcast. And the podcast is now leading to the course and the production agency and all of these things. So the podcast itself, Frugalpreneur, is obviously a little different than all my podcast related things that I'm doing now. But it still kind of ties in because I think that podcasting is a affordable way to grow a business. I mean, the podcast started the business, so (laughs) tons of affordable tools out there to like Squadcast, for example, like we're using now and what I use, you know, and uh, I love Descript as well. That's another tool that's really affordable that makes podcasting editing and transcripts and all that stuff really easy. I think people, when they first start a podcast or they're thinking about it, they think it's going to be really expensive because they're imagining like broadcast studios and all that equipment. But I mean, I started my podcast for under a hundred. I have the ATR 2100, which was like, I don't know, 60 or 80 bucks USB that plugs into the laptop. I just now got lights because when I was doing video interviews, people were like, "Uh, do you have any lights? Because they're shadows. So I just got some ring lights, but it was only like 30 bucks. I I try to do everything as (laughs) economically frugal as possible. Or like as I make money in my business, then I turn around and spend it to get this, that, or the other thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I think in a way the Frugalpreneur brand kind of ties in, in that I think podcasting is an important thing to add to any business for an affordable way to market and reach new people and audiences and customers and whatnot. I feel like you develop, you've just been creating the whole time. I think that's the lesson that I'm getting here is like, you never stopped creating until you found whatever, you know, it hit, it started to hit and really resonate with you. And so I think that's, I don't think it was all time wasted, even though I I can relate because I feel like I I wish I would have gotten to where I'm at sooner. But don't we all? I guess that's just uh, how life is sometimes. But I do think you constantly creating and trying to figure it out is like something that podcasting seems to reward. It seems to reward consistency and persistence. Were there any tough times where you didn't think it was going to work or did it just kind of work out and you just kept moving along? Well, I mean, there were several times before I got to podcasting where I tried different business models and would get kind of discouraged or frustrated that they weren't working out. But, you know, I think all entrepreneurs are pretty determined and kind of just keep going (laughs) and don't just totally give up. I mean, they might give up on a particular business idea, 
But then experiments. Right. <laughs> but yeah, with podcasting though and everything that's grown out of that, I really I don't think I've felt I mean, sometimes I wish like when you look at the analytics and statistics, I'm like, oh, I feel like it should be higher by now. <laughs> Although I looked the other day, well, actually I check every day, but I noticed the other day that the downloads and things have almost doubled in the past few weeks, maybe past month or so. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) That's got to feel good. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Means uh, I guess I'm doing something right. (laughs) You might have a different metric than downloads that is meaningful to you because you are creating this universe of content and having now, you know, your production business. Uh, be in service of that and and your content drawing people in. It sounds like that's working for you as well. Like there, it's it's not all the download if it's part of your business. So it's kind of tempting to be like, oh, revenue, right, uh, is the metric if you're an entrepreneur. But how do you think about like, what is your KPI when you're thinking about how all of these elements of your business and your entrepreneurship fit together? I mean, I guess email list growth, maybe, at least for right now, that's kind of the main thing I'm focusing on um, outside of, you know, download numbers and things like how many of those people, I mean, it's hard to know how many of those people, like where the people are coming from necessarily, but are the email subscribers going up as, you know, because I always have like a little call to action in the beginning of the episodes, which I actually, uh, the Pat Flynn episode coming out next is I'm changing the call to action. But anyway, <laughs> like it nice. used to be um, all three of my books, you know, PDF version for free. But then and that seemed to do well for a while, but then they kind of tapered off. And I think it's because people it's like that sounds more valuable because you're getting three books for free. But the amount of time it takes, although my books are short, they're like 10,000 words. So you could probably read it in like an hour, hour and a half. But still, people don't have that much time. And so I was interviewing on one of my episodes, the email marketing heroes. I don't know if you're familiar with them, Rob and Kennedy. And we were talking about stuff like that. And I said, you know, I think my problem might be that my lead magnet is too much. Like it needs to be something more consumable quickly. And they're like, yeah. So I I switched it to be like the 27 tools I use, which Squadcast is on there. (laughs) So I think uh, maybe six or seven page PDF that has all the 27 tools that I use and recommend for online entrepreneurs, you know, on a budget. And so um, hopefully that'll that'll actually perform better. I mean, I know if I was listening to a podcast and they were like, um, check out the 27 tools I use, that would spark my interest. I'd be curious. So I'm hoping that converts better. Well, I look forward to hearing how that goes. And it's just a constant theme here, just iterating, experimentation and, and constant creation. So Rock and I on this show are often talking about, you know, the comparisons between running a startup or a small business and a podcast. So what advice would you give entrepreneurs that you work with about starting and growing their business uh, that you think podcasters could benefit from? Keeping things fresh, whatever it is. And I've thought about changing up like the flow of the show. I know when I first started, I was interviewing um like when you were on rock it was more like the ceos and whatnot of different companies that i used or recommended or whatever but then in 2021 i kind of switched to more of a uh interviewing people who started a business with under a thousand dollars and grew it to over a million 
with no outside capital or funding or loans or credit or any of that stuff. Um, so I've interviewed a few people like that and um, learned a lot from those types of people. And so I guess pivoting or deciding when it's time to do something new, different and fresh. And I'm thinking about doing like a series on kid entrepreneurs. I don't know any kid entrepreneurs, so I'm going to have to figure out how to get kid entrepreneurs on the show. I'll probably have to do like That's a, what the podcast is for, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll have to like do a little call out thing and have like a four. How does one do that without, you know, you, there's, a, there's a fine line to walk here, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like a whole nother podcasters talk about like guest consent forms and stuff oh. like that. Like you have a, a you have to get like parental consent to interview a, oh, I a, a minor entrepreneur, I guess. I'm just trying to think through it on the fly. But that sounds like a fascinating challenge and, and one that oh. I'm sure you'll you'll find a solution to. Yeah, that's a good point. I probably will have to get some kind of parental consent. If I was a parent, I'd want my kid on that show. That sounds cool. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm kind of thinking of like different themes, you know, having different like one. I thought about creating a second show called Create Your Own Income, where it was about creative ways that people have made money. Like, for example, I don't know if you're familiar with Doug the Pug. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I am not, but Big that sounds fan. awesome. I have a pug. <laughs> My wife oh. and I, we, we had a pug and he unfortunately passed away a couple months ago, oh. but uh, he was the best Hercules. dog ever. Hercules. Oh, R. how R. cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, we had a pug for like 13 years and then she passed away and then we didn't have any pets for four months and then got another pug that we have now. But I actually nice. know the the mom, or she calls herself the momager, like manager, but mom, of the <laughs> dog. <laughs> or, well, more like acquaintances, I guess, because uh, she used to live in Dallas and do some social media stuff. But now she makes money. She was able to quit her full-time job to run her business just with Doug the Pug stuff. Anyway, so I thought it'd That's be awesome. fun to have like a show like that. But then I was like, well, but do I really want to start a second show and then have to do... So I thought, well, maybe that can just be a series within the show where anyway, so I guess, um, yeah, just coming up with new ideas to keep it fresh. And I guess you would want to do that with business as well. So I guess that's a, a parallel there. Absolutely. And uh, just to touch on your the guests that you've had, it's been it's incredible how you have name after name. I mean, you just recently had Renee Warren, but then mm -hmm. you've had so many well-known podcasting folks like Mark Asquith and, you know, Dave Jackson, you know, so you, you're covering like everybody there in the podcasting space as far as like, you know, folks that have been in it for 10 plus years and some of the newer people too. How are you finding your guests? It's, it's really impressive. Oh, well, I mean, initially the way I would do it was I just had tons of people that I either I listened to their podcast or, uh, have taken one of their courses or read their book or whatever it might be. And I just reach out to them. And usually they're like, yeah, sure. And now, like how I found Renee Warren, for example, is through like the various podcasts. Well, I guess they're not really directories, but the matching services like Podmatch and Podbooker. Oh, cool. And, yeah, all those. There's like, I don't know, at least five of them now. <laughs> and I use all sure. of them. Uh, so I go on there like every day looking for interesting people and then also for shows to be on as well. So, yeah, that's primarily how I do it. 
And I mean, and it worked with uh, with me, getting uh-huh. me on your show and, and having you here. And yeah, I think that's, uh, I guess, another takeaway is like, you, you're definitely not afraid to ask. And I think mm-hmm. that's uh, really cool. And, but you don't just ask, like you come with like, here's why, here's mm-hmm. why, you know, I want to use Squadcast on my show. And, and uh, so it, it, you made it easy to say yes to every time. So I guess that's part of it too. Yeah. And you got to start thinking of, for the bigger people, creative ways to get them on the show. Like, for example, well, this was kind of coincidental. So with Pat Flynn, for example. Yeah. Let's how, how'd you land Pat? <laughs> <laughs> so I've had the podcast for about two years now. And during those two years, I would say I reached out like two or three times through the only way to reach him is through a contact form on his website. Well, he has a team and I'm pretty sure it went through gatekeepers and I think I only heard back once and it was uh, something like he's not doing podcasts right now. Well, then he came out with this paid membership called SPI Pro or Smart Passive Income Pro. And the goal wasn't to get him on the show by joining. But anyway, I joined it and he uses a platform called Circle, which... I had never even heard of it's I mean it, it's kind of like Facebook but like its own thing or kind of like Mighty mm-hmm. Networks and I discovered that you can send direct messages to people on there so I direct messaged him and just said um hey I have a podcast I, I gave him a link to it just if you wanted to check it out and said you know I'd love to have you on the show would you be interested and I gave him the booking link and then two hours later he responded saying yeah I just booked a time so it's not like I joined the membership to get him on the show. I was like, hmm, I guess I could message him on here because that went straight to him versus, you know, the contact form, which he probably never even mm-hmm. sees. Yeah. And then I think also like making another good thing about podcasts and the connections is those people might know someone and then that person knows someone. So like I was just on someone's show the other day who has had Mike McCallowitz on his show. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's like, yeah, a- it's a profit Profit First, is that his book? Uh-huh, yeah. Profit First, yeah. Fix This Next. Yeah, he's got a bunch. He knew, how did it come up? I'm not sure how it came up, but he was talking about how he had had him on his show. And I was like, oh, I'd love to get him on my show. And, you know, just throwing that out there, not like, you know. And he's like, oh, well, I'll give you an introduction. I was like, okay. And so he even emailed and, like, included me on the CC or whatever and, but he had to email. Well, I think he did email him as well as like whoever his person is, you know, that does all that scheduling or whatever. And so and she responded saying, yeah, that sounds good. Anyway, so just stuff like that where and then there's another person who has a connection to Hal Elrod. And so she's going to try to make an introduction there because he's hard to get on and just, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, just creative ways or making connections with people and going from there. <laughs> It's a lot of fun too to kind of navigate that space of, uh, like you said, um, finding ways to to connect with Pat. And also, I admire your persistence, right? Like that's something I I don't think a lot of podcasters necessarily consider is that the pitch gets easier as you go, and we all have kind of our wish list, our dream list of guests. And that's awesome. But yeah, a no this year might be a yes next year or um, under some different circumstance. And, you know, I think it's uh, it's worth thinking about like an investor, like a long term relationship. And that's something that I, I just wanted to applaud that persistence is another element of being an entrepreneur as well. Right. Like right. you got to keep going. And uh, and that's a, a common theme amongst your story. I'm, I'm picking up. It's on. inspiring. 
Oh, it is. thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think you were saying how, you know, a no this year might not be a no next year. I found that if someone is writing a book or that their book is coming out, if you can contact them and, you know, because they're usually doing the podcast rounds around yeah, right before. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you can get on their radar, like before that book comes out, because apparently Mike McCallowitz is actually has a new book coming out in a few months. So I'm thinking, oh, that might work. <laughs> Good timing. Yeah. Yeah. And just a quick logistical question about that. Do you use Amazon's coming soon list? Or I forget exactly what they call it, but like pre-order. How did you come about that information? Are you just like really plugged in with these individuals? It's usually more just like people that I actually read their books or familiar with them and know that they have a book coming out. And then, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's only been recently where I've thought about that because I noticed that John Lee Dumas and Rachel Hollis and all these people were doing a lot of interviews around the time their book came out, I'm like, oh, that's probably the way to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, yeah, as far as Mike McCallowitz, I actually just went to his website today and was like, oh, I wonder if he has a, a new book coming out. And he does. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, well, this might work then. So just being creative, thoughtful, a little tenacious, uh, it's all wonderful persistent. things. Uh, yeah. yeah, persistent, of course, persistence. Yeah, so, so zooming out a little bit, I think you have a really unique perspective on the podcast industry. And that's something that we like to talk about here on Between Mm -hmm. Two Mics. This podcast is all about focusing on the people and things that are happening in the industry that are really pushing the boundaries. And that's stuff that's really exciting to us. What's your take on where we're at in the podcasting industry in 2021? Like, what do you think is going right? And what would you like to see change? So I know, or, and I'm sure y'all know too, between 2019 and 2020, that it doubled. And now I think it's like doubled almost even since between 2020 and 2021. So uh, now the question is how many of those new shows are actually going to stick around? Maybe these people had gotten laid off because of COVID or whatever, had extra time, you know, and so they started a podcast to keep busy or entertained. So who knows how many of those shows will actually stick around. But I think... Keep going, folks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If Sarah's any sort of inspiration, look what happens if you just keep trying. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm not encouraging people to stop. I'm just saying that no, no, it you're right. A lot. It's, to- it's <laughs> it totally <does>. valid. <laughs> so I think, you know, more and more people are obviously familiar with podcasting. Um, a lot of money has been thrown at it, as y'all know, like with Spotify, especially with the whole Joe Rogan thing. But then them acquiring a bunch of companies. Let's see what else. And then Amazon got into podcasting and and now I guess what uh, Apple and Spotify are now doing that thing where you can subscription. Yeah, the subscription model, which kind of already existed, but with third parties, you know, like right. Patreon or whatever. And now it's going to be directly integrated, I guess. So that'll be interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do that or not, but I was just going to ask. Maybe that's a future experiment. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could do it as an experiment. Uh, just to see. But so, yeah, I think podcasting is definitely I mean, I don't see it slowing down. I know when COVID and when people were working from home and not commuting, that downloads did go down. Although now supposedly they're finding that downloads on desktops have gone up. Mm -hmm. So even though they maybe went down in the typical sense, like on your iPod, I mean, 
Yeah, just shifts. iPhone, whatever. Yeah. Like, so, uh, like smart speakers, I think, have mm-hmm. gone up because that's more like the home listening environment, whereas like, yeah, headphones on a, on a smartphone is uh, kind of fluctuated or, or cars, right, is the other mm-hmm. one with the commute is a big one. So I've noted that in my wife and I listen to a lot of podcasts together, and uh, I've noted that change in our behavior just anecdotally. So I, I, uh, I wonder if that's what a lot of other people are doing as well. Yeah. I mean, because if someone's subscribed to a show that they really enjoy, I don't think the fact that they're not commuting would keep them from, I think they're going to go on the desktop while they're working on something or, you know, even when they're doing the dishes or something, listen to it on a smart speaker. I don't think they're just going to mm-hmm. give up on <laughs> their show. I, I mean, I know at least for me, because I get addicted to different shows and I can't miss episodes. So I what think... are you addicted to right now? If I can interrupt for oh, a second. Okay, let me pull because there's several. So let me pull it up. Well, while you do that, I am currently binging a uh, podcast about the uh, FLDS, like the Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints Church. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, it is fascinating. And our community manager, Ariel, turned me on to it. I believe it's called Unfinished Short Creek. It's just been a rabbit hole of uh, <laughs> interesting oh, things wow. to learn from. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they've got a podcast for everything now. Um, so obviously, I listen to Smart Passive Income and Ask Pat. Entrepreneurs on Fire, obviously. Online Marketing Made Easy with Amy Porterfield. Podcast Pontifications with Evo Terra. Oh, yeah. School Evo. of Podcasting, Dave Jackson. <laughs> Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper. The Dan Henry Show. I don't know if y'all are familiar with him. The first time I saw him, I think it was... He's like a ClickFunnels guy. Like he's he doesn't work for ClickFunnels, but I mean like he's one of those guys that's done the two comma club thing. Anyway, I started like seeing his videos and his podcast episodes and his YouTube videos are nice and short, like five to fifteen minutes, but very like jam-packed and I don't know, I learn a lot. You just have to check it out to see what I'm talking That's about. Important. But he's re- he's really for it. he's well. really good. <laughs> Anything non-work related? You're just work yeah, work, work. Oh. kind of like me. Yeah. I, th- I don't <laughs> usually like telling my podcast list because I'm like this is so boring. It's just business and <laughs> podcasts about podcasting. But that's all I got time for. Yeah. No. Important. Yeah. They're all business pretty much. <laughs> Student of the game. I like it. And uh, I apologize again for interrupting. But just to come back to the question, what do you think is working and what do you think can be improved from your perspective? I think the fact that Apple and Spotify are getting into the subscription model, I think that could be considered an improvement. I guess we'll see. But it clearly indicates that, that they at least think that there's money to be made or that people will pay extra well actually because podcasting is free but that people will pay for extra content or whatever it might be okay one thing that really irritates me and i don't know why this is still an issue is that i feel like none of the podcast directories none of the podcast hosts that with the analytics and statistics that it's clear about how many listeners you have like it'll say okay you have 100 downloads well is that 100 people downloading one episode or is that, you know, one person downloading 100 episodes? I mean, it's not clear. And so that's been always frustrating. And it seems like that would be something easy enough to do. Word up. Or to tell you how many subscribers you have. Like there's some directories. I can't remember which ones, but it'll tell you how many subscribers you have. But like the big ones like Spotify and Apple, they don't. So I think that could be improved is better analytics and statistics 
Download is one thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean they listen. And we care about listeners, our audience, right? So I totally hear you. Yeah. And I mean, like you just said, even the downloads, it isn't clear because that might just mean that it downloaded on their phone, but did they actually listen to it? So yeah, just a whole bunch of improvement that can be done. Yeah. Bots download things all the time, right? So it's just like, let's see what it is in real Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. But I, I think you. for for me, it's overall exciting, and you know, both of these examples are a lot. There's a lot to be excited about. Uh, you know, on the the thing that we would like to see change, which I think we're all in agreement on, as far as the analytics shows to me that we're a very we're still a young industry, and and it's still early days. But then moves like Apple. And Spotify kind of changing the game with this subscription model. I don't know if it'll work in this iteration, but I think they're working on it and they'll figure it out. And I think it is exciting to it's exciting to see what the the future will have for all of us creators. Mm -hmm. I know one concern I've heard people say, and I don't think this is going to happen, but that with them going to that subscription model that it'll become that you have to pay to listen versus it being an option. I don't think that's going to happen, but who knows? Yeah. And this is one of the things that I think is magical about podcasting is the content ownership for things to go that far in that direction. I think that the ownership would need to shift there. If it's wrapped up in my Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, like monthly subscription overall, then the the ownership, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some real big questions there, I think. And uh, I seem to be, you know, a similar perspective to you on this, that that's not what this is. And maybe that's somewhere in the progression of things. But uh, certainly a lot of things would need to change to like facilitate something along those lines. And while we own our shows, we have our website, we have our, you know, uh, that's one of the benefits, I think, of RSS that um, I've been very critical of in the past. So so I want to be balanced. And that is definitely one of the benefits is uh, is, is ownership. Yeah. So as we wrap up, really enjoyed the discussion here today, Sarah. What can we look forward to what's going on in the world of Sarah St. John, the Frugopreneur, and then all the other endeavors that you have going? Okay. So as far as the podcast itself goes, I guess just the different series that I'm thinking about within the show, like the ones with kid entrepreneurs, which by the way, if anyone listening has a kid entrepreneur, you know, let me know. Um, I, I give away all three of my books, Frugalpreneur, Authorpreneur, and Podcastpreneur at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. And that's Sarah with an H and then S-T-J-O-H-N. Um, let's see. I also have podcastresourcedirectory.com, which y'all are on. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. So if anyone has like a podcast resource of some type um, or a software program that's relevant or, or whatever, equipment, anything... You can sign up for a free profile on there. So I'm I'm trying to get it more populated so that people keep coming back to see the latest things that have been added. That's exciting. You're keeping it moving. And so we'll have to throw in some links into the show notes so folks can follow along with all that stuff. It's quite a journey you've had, Sarah, uh, to this point. And like, I'm sure that you have advice or encouragement that what what would you share with our listeners, uh, podcasters and content creators, as far as advice for their journey? A couple of things that are more in general would be to try to recognize and avoid shiny object syndrome, because I think that's something that I had for many years, which I guess in the end ended up being okay because of what I learned and whatnot. But find that one thing and go in on that one thing or 
course, I'm doing several things, but it's still within one niche, I guess. Another thing would be, I don't know if it's a mistake per se, but just one thing that I've noticed about myself that I think a lot of entrepreneurs deal with is spending a lot of time learning, but not implementing what they're learning. I think it's important to, you know, listen to podcasts, read books, take courses and all this stuff. But if you're not implementing what you're learning, then it's pointless. So uh, I try to spend an hour implementing for every hour I spend learning to kind of balance it out. Um, And then as far as podcasting specifically, I mean, I guess being consistent, which I think is actually the hardest part of podcasting is the consistency. (laughs) Great. Yeah. And um, I don't find the recording hard to be consistent because I have several episodes ready to go, but it's Mm -hmm. all the post-production that takes time. Promotion. Promotion and all that. There's a lot of jobs. Yeah, it really is. And so, and I found that that's the case for pretty much everybody. I think that's really awesome. And uh, I'm really grateful that you joined us in this interview here today, Sarah. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Between Two Mics. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you learned something or we intrigued you a bit, let us know on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for Squadcast FM. And if you want to show the podcast some love, you can leave us a rating or review wherever it is you're listening right now. This show is put together by us, Zach and Rock. It's mixed and produced by Vince Moreno with help from Ariel Nissenblatt. Our logo is designed by Alex Wedby. Since we're a podcast about podcasts, we want to shout out the brands and products that we trust. We're recording using Squadcast.fm, and here's our current stack. For recording, we're using ATR2100 mics, Apple AirPods Max headphones, and Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 audio interfaces. We edit the show on Adobe Audition, and our hosting site is Simplecast. That's it for us this week. We're back next week with more from Between These Mics.